Counterpoint Asset Management is a name familiar to those in the investment space. In 2023, it won a Raging Bull Award for the Best South African General Equity Fund on a risk-adjusted basis over five years. Last year, it won awards from both Morningstar and Raging Bull. It has 8.5 billion rands in assets under management and a 10-year track record of growth. So why has CounterPoint Asset Management chosen to rebrand as Merchant West Investments? We asked Paul Stewart, Managing Director at Merchant West Investments, to give us the background and for his take on what's happening in the markets. Hi, Paul. I'd like to start with the big news in the markets. There were three banking failures in the U.S., and they weren't major banks, but they weren't small ones either. The Nasdaq Banking Index is down quite a lot, as is the JSE Banking Index. What's the big picture here? Hi, Kieran. Yeah, thank you very much. Banks, if you think about a bank, you put your hard-earned cash into a bank, and it's, it's really all about trust. Uh, and when that trust is broken, then markets and investors and depositors become uh, skittish. And, uh, you know, the big picture really is that interest rates have been very low around the developed world for a long period of time. And uh, last year, interest rates started to rise. Uh, U.S. short rates rose by about 4% last year. And so bank depositors, many of them, they weren't that discerning about where they invested their money in banks because interest rates were so low. But obviously, as interest rates have started to rise, many of those uh, depositors have become more discerning. And so what we've seen, particularly if one talks about the Silicon Valley Bank, which is one of the three banks that you referred to, they essentially saw a run on their deposits. The tech industry is in a bit of a meltdown. Lots of those depositors from the venture capital industry started needing their money back. And the short-term liquidity of the banks was breached. And essentially, that meant that they had to go into their, what they call their long-dated assets, their held-to-maturity assets. And these are normally invested in long-dated bonds, which they don't mark to market. But as soon as these these bonds are actually traded, then they acquire to mark them to market. And that's essentially vaporized the capital of Silicon Valley Bank. And that's essentially uh, what's happened. So when investors see one bank go, uh, the other one that failed was a bank called Signature Bank, which is New York Bank uh, based bank. The, the market starts looking for the next weakest link. So that's why you've seen that NASDAQ banking index pulled back so sharply. We've also seen markets starting to become concerned about some of the European banks. So, uh, you know, the most recent one being Credit Suisse, the share price was down 24%. There was talk about financial irregularities. Credit Suisse has been under the spotlight for some time. But of course, when you have one of these things happening in one place in the world, investors immediately start thinking, well, maybe there's more than one problem. And that's what we've seen. So the Swiss Central Bank has stepped in overnight. They've pledged 50 billion Swiss francs to support Credit Suisse, but it's not great. And, uh, you know, in, in sympathy with that, the South African banks have all been hammered quite hard too. And yeah, so it hasn't been a particularly pleasant time for investors. This has played out in the markets. Yeah, and there were some reports earlier in the year that the South African banking sector was looking quite attractive on a valuations basis. Well, I guess it, it's down 7 8% at the moment. It's probably even more attractive if they are attractive. What's your view on that? That's quite right. We would agree with that characterization of South African banks being cheap. I mean, they haven't really recovered, although their dividend payments to shareholders have recovered and they're back to sort of where they were prior to COVID. The actual share prices of many of our banks uh, have not recovered anywhere relative to their dividend payments. So um, we would argue that South African banks actually are, are very attractive. They're well managed. They're well capitalized. We certainly don't think investors should be panicking. And I would think that a banking index that's down seven and a half percent 
does present a very attractive entry for an investor wanting access to a high-quality banking industry in South Africa. So, yeah, uh, but it's not pleasant nonetheless for anybody who has money invested in the market right now. Okay, let's talk about the, the background to the name change. So there's been a rebranding. It's now Merchant West Investments. Uh, why change the name of a multi-award winning fund manager and why now? That's a very good question, and uh, it's something that one doesn't take lightly. It's something that we did think about a, a lot. Counterpoint had a reasonable amount of brand equity, but the business was established in 2012, and the business was acquired by the Merchant West Group in 2020. Merchant West is one of South Africa's largest independent financial services businesses, and you know they took a strategic decision to, you know, build a advisory stroke annuity-based investment business on the side of their traditional business, which is a lending business. They finance, uh, they offer, you know, lending into the asset finance, working capital, vehicle fleets, uh, those sorts of markets. And the Merchant West brand is bigger and stronger than the Counterpoint brand. And I think it just makes sense in terms of completing the overall suite of products for the Counterpoint business to adopt the Merchant West brand. So even though we're multi-award winning and we've got a team of people that are well-known in the marketplace, there does come that difficult time in your life where you actually have to say, well, what is the best thing for the business? And, And on average, we felt that the best thing for the business was to adopt the brand of our parent of our group and uh, and so we've uh, so we've taken the decision to do that and that decision was implemented effectively on the 6th of March of this year okay I mentioned that some of the awards that you've won over the years and quite recently in fact last year tell us about some of the milestones of the business over the last 10 11 years the most important ones are related to the development of the multi-strategy boutique in 2020 with the acquisition of RECMs, that was the business founded by Pitfall Yun, who's a very well-known South African fund manager, uh, and also the acquisition of the Bridge Fund Managers uh, business that came out of the Grinrod Limited Group. So that was very important milestone in establishing you know, our multi-strategy business. So we've been able to develop a range of products managed across a variety of different asset classes and investment styles and both domestically and globally so we've actually got a full product range and that was facilitated by the acquisition of the RECM and and bridge fund managers businesses in 2020 and then we also acquired the business of a small cape town based fund management business called maestro uh, during the course of last year so being able to plug very particular uh, skill sets into our overall investment competence. We think that investing is about expertise. It's not an asset gathering business. It's about expertise. It's about skill. It's about delivering uh, investment outcomes to clients that they anticipate that's, that's on the tin. And so, you know, those have been the most important milestones is making sure that what we do and what we say we do is actually delivered to clients at the end of the day. What does the name change mean for your clients and the financial advisors? And have you communicated to them about this change? Yes, of course. I mean, we've been communicating with them for some time. So practically, this is a cosmetic change. It's not a change of ownership of the shares of the company. It's not a change of the regulatory elements of the business. Our registered office stays the same. Our uh, financial services provider number remains exactly the same. Our board and shielding stays the same. So this is really just a cosmetic change to align the brands with the Merchant West Group. Yeah, so apart from the change to the name of our funds, there's no effective change. I mean, I think the important thing is that, you know, the Merchant West brand and the origins of the business, they've been successful because they can't centered culture. Um, they've got a very much a growth mindset and a can-do attitude. And, you know, that's very much the same 
DNA that we've established in our business. And so you know, the adoption of that brand for our clients, I think, is a, is a net positive thing. And obviously, it's incumbent upon us to make sure that they understand the reasons for the brand change. But, you know, there's no change of personnel. There's no, there's no other changes. It's, it's really just a cosmetic change. I mean, you've obviously got a very experienced and talented management team. You've got Pete Phil Yuen, who's very well known for value investing. You've got Brian Pyle, your chief investment officer. Ian Anderson, who's respected as a property investment expert. How do you see your competitive edge and does this change, this rebranding impact that in any way? Yeah, I mean, that's probably the most important thing because I often get asked the question, there's a number of asset management companies in South Africa and some would even say the market is overtraded. You know, how do you all survive? And and so competitive edge, uh, Kieran, is probably the number one uh, aspect that one has to consider when you are managing clients money and trying to grow a business. And I think, first of all, we're, we're an active manager. I mean, we genuinely believe that active managers with the right skill coefficient can actually convert information into better returns and outcomes for their clients over time. And one of the most important elements of being active is actually being able to take active positions in the market. And, you know, it's one of the things that some of our much larger peers would recognize that as you get larger, your ability to take active decisions in relation to the index because of the exposure that are in both Cisco and the Regulation 28 of the Pension Funds Act means that uh, the larger you are, the less active you can become. So, you know, we are able to take active positions in pretty much every single stock on the JSE as well as other stock exchanges around the world. And that flexibility, that size advantage certainly contributes to better investment returns over time. And and that's a pretty powerful tailwind for our strategies and our clients enjoy. So I think that's important. And, And then secondly... We've got, a, as you've mentioned, a very strong and experienced investment team, but we've also got a, a very strong research capability, and we've been investing in data, and we believe that data and the smart use of data in time will improve investment decision-making and improve the efficiencies across our business and help keep costs down. So I think those are the really the key things that we're focusing on, good people, good processes, and being small and nimble and, and agile, and that certainly all adds up to a business that has got some significant competitive edges. Paul Stewart, Managing Director at Merchant West Investments. We're going to leave it there. Thanks very much for joining us.